Welcome to the second episode of M Square. I'm here with my co-host Anthony Rapachulo from PR Cision and Mike Bloomfield from Techie Geek. Joining us today is our guest and friend Massimo Dodano, Partners in Sound, Merge Entertainment, and a handful of other brands. So today, what we wanted to get talking about is really what you guys are are best at is not only running and owning a business but building a brand. So we wanted to lean in on branding overall, conceptually, how you guys all came up with your own unique brands, why they're differentiators, and really what's made you stand out over the course of your your careers. So, Moss, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Gents? I can off and kick it off, Techie Geek. Kick it off. Take it off. Welcome. Thank you for coming. I'm so glad to be able to be on recording with you again. It's been about, what, two years since we've done 150 episodes? 150 too many. 150 episodes of branding ourselves organically throughout COVID. Pretty cool. Well, I mean, that was, that was a good use of time, even though it was a waste of time during COVID, right? But it was a good use of time to keep yourself relevant, keep yourself out there, and also really understand that all of us in some capacity are in the business of getting people to go out and do things. So that was a way you guys kind of created just a, a, and positioned yourself to still be top of mind to people when they couldn't actually use your services. I just did it to stay sane. That works too. And make fun of Mike. That works even better. The worst part of it is I was probably the only one that could actually be doing work and I did no work except go on breakfast with Bloomy, midday with Moz, got them after dark, we spent, what, an average of five hours a day on live. All of us wanted to go back to work. You could have worked, didn't have money, but you chose to be broke like us. <laughs> was yours before or after ball? Mine was before. We were before. You were before. So I, I started the show, um, like, one, like, that week of the lockdown. Like, as soon as the lockdown began, I was like, all right, you know what? I was going to go on live, and right away I reached out to Moss, got him involved. And then we got our friend at that point, uh, Todd from uh, Cobb. But I gave you StreamYard. Like you did give We were using, you did give us StreamYard. We were using, what was the other one? B. It was something B. And that one we tried and it wasn't, it was terrible. I think StreamYard you recommended because you were experimenting. Your thing is, you're usually ahead of us, but we just went out and dig it. You want to plan, execute it, put it together. That was behind the scenes. Yeah, we just. We found it. We said, let's do an idea. We had no plan. Hasn't. We ended up just going. I look good now. Now you look good. Now I look all right. My well, was up in the end. Now the mic's done being boring. Yeah, I mean, I was waiting. I was, I was. <laughs> tell us, tell us about you, Moss. Who, who are you as a, as a, as a business owner, a family man, a community leader? Oh, wow. There's a lot. How long is the show? Like 30 minutes. <laughs> I uh, give you the quick elevator speech. Massimo um, Dadada, partners in Sound Productions, Pro Show Sounds, Plat Dish, Call Beanie Fund, now we're Merge Event Solutions. Uh, they, they, there's so much to talk about, right? But we want to not bore our listeners and try to keep everyone focused. Uh, married to a beautiful girl named Desiree Beanie. We married. We met in when I was 21 years old. We are happily married now. Uh, 16 years. Uh, two beautiful children, my daughter Carly, 13, my son Massimo, 9, uh, reside in the Princess Bay area of Staten Island. Uh, that's the family life. We don't want to bore you too much. Well, tell us about your son. He got some exciting news. Um, 
Well, we got two exciting news today, actually. My daughter, uh, we just got positive news. We came back from NYU. My daughter had to get checked up on her knee. She dislocated her knee a few months ago, and uh, she had a little fall a few weeks ago, and we got the green light on that so she can continue to cheer. And my son made the Team USA uh, for 13-year-olds in hockey. So uh, we would be going to Toronto on July 5th, and anyone that knows me, national uh, state, uh, July 4th is the busiest day of the year for us. So the next day we'll be leaving for Toronto to represent Team USA and bring home the gold and kick Canada's behind. Nice. Nice. Very good. Congratulations. So who are we? We started off, I was uh, in eighth grade. I was going to IS-34. I used to go to school with this girl named Amanda Girardi, and her brother was a DJ. His name was Anthony Girardi. And I said to her one day, she used to, we used to walk to the bus together. I said, you got to introduce me to your brother. I'd like to become a DJ. I think it's a pretty cool job. Had a passion for music. Uh, she introduced me to her brother. I asked him to DJ my confirmation. He was not available at the house DJ. He was terrible. And from there, I just continued to nag and become friendly with Anthony and bought my first set of equipment from him. And at that point, he would throw me little jobs, and I just continued to do little events around the neighborhood. Started my own business called Eminem Productions. Within a few years, Anthony and I started working together, and I became a partner in Partners in Sound. Anthony did start the company in the early 90s. I jumped on board in the late 90s. In 2003, we met our third partner, Mike Gregorio. Mike owned a company called Premier Party Network. Mike was very focused in the wedding market. We had a, a stronghold in the Sweet 16 market. The joke around Staten Island was Partners in Sound was the Sweet 16 Kings. That's where we made our, that's where we really made our bones and that was the heart of our business. We wanted to break into the wedding market. Mike already had a foot in the wedding market. Mike was doing about 300 events a year. Partners in Sound was doing about 600 events a year. So if basic math, Mike was doing 300 by himself. Anthony and I were doing 600 events. Let's put this company together. At that time, that's when JP Morgan Chase became one. A lot of the banks started coming together. So we thought organically, if we put these two companies together, instead of two content bills, we'd have one. Instead of one nas two national grid bills, we'd have one. We would make more money. We'd come to realize that we didn't make more money right off the bat because obviously with the mergers and acquisitions, there's a lot of money that needs to be spent in advertising, branding, and marketing. <clears throat> While this was all going on, a good friend of mine named Frank Provenzano had a production company called Pro Show. We would typically lead on Pro Show for large outdoor events, sound reinforcement, um, concert, anything concert-based. All companies are growing. All companies are moving together. All companies were always there to barter and give back and forth to each other. And over the course of the last 10 years, we really became one becoming Merge Event Solutions. Um, the original meme of <clears throat> Merge was a Merge Event Management, but management means you're owning the event. And we worked for a lot of party planners and they kind of felt that that was a little bit um, like we may be taking after their role and job. So we decided to change it immediately from Merge Event Management to Merge Event Solutions. Um, unfortunately, Frank passed away about a year ago to uh, cancer and Frank left us the company and now we're taking over and really putting everything together as one. One of the things we noticed is what is the importance of having the different identities of each company, but still being branded as one. So what we did this year is we made a huge capital investment and we spent 
Um, we sent, I don't want to talk about what we spent because nobody cares. Don't tell anybody. A lot of money, Joey. Uh, we sent these boxes to uh, just about 250 people, clients, friends, family, to try to explain a little bit about who we are. Now, I'm going to ask Mike, who does a lot of unboxing, to take the lead on this, but can, can he pop it open? Mike can, Mike can pop it open. Mike was actually one of the first ones. Anthony and Mike both got them. Yeah, we got it. My, you have it. So my reaction would this be... This is my gift to you. I appreciate it. And, but I just want to let the record hold. It's a lot better than the stupid book that Rappachulo sends out to all of us at Christmas. Number one and number two, Mike Bloomy, I think, was one of the first people to open, post on Facebook, and he did exactly what I wanted people to do organically. You don't like the book because you're illiterate. I, I can't read a book. We don't talk in a circuit. It did take me five years to get out of high school. That's only because I never went and I was too busy hanging out with the ladies. Wow. So the first thing I want you to look at is the book is the, the tagline. Four brands, one solution, flawless events. That tagline came to me at 5.30 in the morning, driving to a hockey game in Albany. And um, typically anyone that knows my wife and I, I'm not allowed to drive in the car with her and the kids anymore because I'm on Facebook, on Instagram, texting, emailing while doing 90. So this was one of the few times I was actually driving and I said, Des, take my phone, I got an idea. Four brands, one solution, flawless events. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, as someone that graduated St. John's with an advertising degree, uh, thank God you became a teacher. <laughs> so that was, the, uh, that was the tagline that I came up with and we decided to put all four brands on that and send that out to all of our event planners and just maitre d's, people, high-end clients, people that just, uh, I think there was one person we sent it to was one of our original clients that still uses us. So it's it's kind of a couple little things. So open it up. This is incredible. And and part of what I really wanted to lean in and have you guys all speak to today is as you stay relevant and you stay in touch with clients, the relationship building part of it. Why is that important to you guys? Why is being able to share some of your successes and and really continue to put your your name out there important to your business? And what do you guys do that's a little unique or different than other people? So that's for all three of you. So staying relevant is very important, obviously. And I think that what you're looking at right here is a great way to do it. You know, Moss made fun of what my company does. We, we send out books to clients. It's our way of just staying relevant. And for those people who can read, unlike Moss, we always get a text, we always get an email. Some people even write handwritten letters back to us to say thank you. It's basically how do you differentiate yourself? Is this a speaker? There you go. Well, if if you're gonna unbox while he's talking, I won't narrate on why we did certain items. No, go ahead, narrate. Okay, so Pro Show predominantly started off as a sound company, so we wanted to do a JBL speaker. Or did it, like the Battle Wipe? But unfortunately, JBL was backed up due to supply chain issues and Mike's cousin Putin, um, and we weren't able to get that. There's actually, there's a few more items in there. You got a dick. We also thought that the hydro flask, the water bottle would be cool for partners in sound because most kids are always using the hydro flask. Hydro flask? Flask? Hydro flask. Hydro flask, so. Is that actually the term for that? I had no idea. It's hydro, hydro flask. So I know that because Carly makes me fill her up every morning and my daughter is 13 years old. And I said, what better way to market towards um, teenagers? The 
our wedding brand, Dash of Class Platinum, most people are going to appointments and taking notes. And while they're meeting with their vendors, they can turn around and have a place to gather all their notes. It's a moleskin. And the thing that's most important that, Dan, you actually needed, you should open right now, is that box. Charger. Branded by our photo booth company, the photo booths. Oh, how cool is that? So just something to think about of all the different brands. The photo booth being a charger on your desktop. It holds your camera. You, most people use their camera as a phone. That was the thought behind that. The speaker being Pro Show. The water, the hydro flask being something that a lot of teenagers are using. Partners in town typically markets towards that clientele. And the Asher Class Platinum, our bride and grooms, is our notebook for consultations. And when, and when I received it, the thing I really loved is you're talking about the four brands and you gave a product for each. And I actually have the pen from the book with me that was in my pocket because I've been doing exactly what he wants. I've been using that book as I've been going around recently to look at jobs. And that's the whole goal of the branding, right? I had, you know, I've had discussions with people. They're like, why do you spend money on the Yagi mugs? Why you the reason I spend money is because I want that in someone's hand when they're sipping water to be talking to someone who might be a potential client of mine that doesn't know about me and be like, who's Techie Geek? Right. What's they're talking about? So when I'm at a job site and I'm holding that, taking notes, that person's looking at what I have. Maybe they're going to go home and look, who's dash your class? I mean, that happened, that exact thing happened last weekend when we were at our house at Woodlock. We, Carrie and I were walking around with roadies and somebody sitting there with a crowded group of tables. They sit like 20 long playing family bingo. Like, what's Techie Geek? What is that? They just want to know. Then you call me it, though. They don't need IT. <laughs> Where's business orders? But, you know, and that's the whole branding. So when I got that, I loved it. I called them right away, sharing it on Facebook because as a business owner and who does it, I understand the importance and the value of that, right? Not only is that great for the person who received it, me, but now it's the turn as a business owner to try to return that favor, share that out on social media, and they'll get my, my people on my Facebook who may not know Moss, might not know the brace, say, oh, there's someone on your Facebook page. Yeah, sure. come on. Well, I do know a lot of nerds. You don't really, you know, talk, play well with nerds. You were not cool until you met me. Yeah, I know. After. As much as I hate to say this, Moss actually did a good job with the box. And I'll tell you why, because there are tons of brands, tons of companies that we all know. We've all gone to trade shows. We've all been involved with these things. And they're giving you things that are wasteful, things that make no sense, things that everyone else is giving out. He actually put things in a box that you're going to use, you know. No one's really going to throw that out, right? You'd have to be half a moron to throw this in the garbage because it's probably- I was upset item. that the company did not, that the company left it in the box. I was a little annoyed by that. I thought that they should have maybe branded the outside of the box. No, but I think it was well done. But the point is that you actually gave people something they could use. Right. Whereas in other instances, you're just getting stuff that you don't need. And it also- bag full of crap. It also showcased your, your four brands, your particular this, offering. So that way people remember- that it's it's circular. Almost everything that you guys do lends itself to each other. And and you know, and the things I love it. He spent a good amount of money on that because his organization, when you're starting up, you don't have to spend that much money on good swag. Pens are great because everyone is gonna continue to use them. A slinky, someone's gonna play with that for thirty seconds. And put it in the garbage. Do you have slinkies? I do not have slinkies because everything I do swag wise 
there's ultimately a goal and I want it to be usable for an extended period of time. I am branding myself. I need them to remember me when they have a realization that they need an IT provider because they might not know it then. So I need that product, that swag I give them the last months, years, a mug, a pen, everything I give has a shelf life that's going to be with them and be useful to them. You don't want to give them something that they're going to, the bags, people like the little bags. What happens with those branded bags? You fold them up, you shove them in another bag and it sits in the truck of your car to never come out again. So you guys as local brands, you you guys have unique logos, uh, unique offerings. Swag like this is really something special. But I, I think it's an extension of you, who you are as business people and also as creatives and marketers. And it's it's part of the, the relationship that you're building with your clientele, which I think is also something that is unique with all of you is that you have such strong relationships with the people that you work with. You know, Moss, you're in a business of, of taking very personal and special times to people and giving them the nights of their life. You know, Ramp, you're putting on events and you're, you're working on PR marketing campaigns that are, you're making other people feel special. Mike just takes people's money, puts little bugs in their computers. Uh, no, it's a personal thing. You know, I mean, the, the businesses that you create, it's an extension of yourself. For us, we're trying to do a couple of things. You know, it's, I, I worked for a business that started here in Staten Island 137 years ago and have that iconic logo, that brand of the, the script of the Advents, which is right here on the step and repeat. Um, when I came into the business, they had already shifted into the digital first model of having SI Live being the, the primary resource and everything going to market first online and racing the speed to market to get information and content out there that's relevant to people in, in our local marketplace. Um, so as when I started with the company, I was hired by the Staten Island Media Group, technically. The Staten Island Media Group was the advertising and business side of the Advance and SI Live. And it was, it was difficult uh, communicating that brand out there, especially for someone like me who didn't grow up in Staten Island. A lot of people thought it was disingenuous that I would try to brand myself as the Staten Island Media Group. And there's this kid from Chicago that I had no business doing here that, you know, why are you calling yourself the Staten Island Media Group? You're just trying to sucker me. It's the advance, you know, get get out of here. Like we, I don't, I don't want to buy an ad in the paper. So that evolved. Technically, we leaned back in on the original brand then and really went to market as being the advance at SI Live and us being the advertorial side of the business. A lot of what we're doing now with SI Live Studios is this is going to be the content creation hub, the advertorial content creation hub for the Staten Island Media Group. And now we're in the process of building that brand out. And uh, I appreciate you guys. And is this a new shirt? So these are new shirts. So you got new shirts. Did you bring shirts for your guests? And I don't have shirts. Crawl it. Wow. These are actually, these were made by our friend Vinny Bonoli at TNG. They're crooked. <laughs> Sorry, Vinata. It was it was an easy. I'm talking about just logos. If we can just explain a little bit of our logos, if you want to slide them over a little sure. bit. The speaker, you could start with the voter booth. The voter booth started when photo booths became popular. And the reason why we called this company Voter Booth, which was Gary Fleming, who was our partner in this division, is we were the first photo booth company that actually could do video. That's why it's called Voter Booth. Well, he and his brother did video, right? Uh, he, he was a photographer by trade and a DJ, and his brother did video. 
the partners in sound logo, what a lot of people don't realize is there's sound waves in the back of the logo, obviously being a sound company. Pro Show was originally for Frank in the beginning, in the inf the infant stage of the company, had a partner. Pro was for Provenzano, and Show was for his partner, who he immediately bought out um, in, uh, within the first few uh, years of the business. So everyone thinks that this is because it's for a professional show. It actually has nothing to do with it. It's the first three letters of the first of the, his last name and his partner's last name. And Dasha Class Platinum was marketed pink and purple. And Dash of Class and Platinum Entertainment were competitors, like BMW and Mercedes, that merged to become one company. So it's a little history behind the, the brands and the way the logos came from. So I had a question for you. Talk about how you have so many brands and how in many, right, let's be honest, there are several examples where you could either hire Merge, you could hire Partners and Sound. You might even be able to hire Dash of, Dash of Class Platinum. I don't know. You might be able to. But talk about how you guys differentiate it from a uh, forward-facing standpoint. How do you know? How do I know if my daughters have a Sweet Sixteen who to call versus if my sister wants to get married versus if my client wants to have a gal at the Met? So, this is a problem that we face with every day. One of the reasons why we divided the companies was to be able to do direct marketing. A lot of the con the conversation today, we knew immediately that why did we partner with Mike Gregorio in two thousand three? Partners in Sound, Sweet 16 Kings of Staten Island. Mike Gregorio, amazing wedding performer. We were cool enough to do your Sweet 16, but we were babies to do your wedding. So we knew we had a rebrand. With merging with Mike, we decided to start Platinum Entertainment. Platinum, after doing some research, Platinum Wedding Bands, it just kind of went with the wedding market. So we decided that we were going to directly market the brand to what we're going after. Dasha Class Platinum, you will never see anything there. Sweet 16 based, corporate based. Everything in that brand is marketed towards brides. From photo, video, we actually in the beginning gave everyone a small percentage to so they are truly dealing with a partner and not dealing with a worker. So that was the marketing play for Dasha Class Platinum. The photo worked for any brand. The photo booth works for some of our competitors. There are times we get phone calls from our competition and they say to us, hey, we're out of photo boots for the weekend. Can we rent one from you? Or can we sub you out? We'll go out as your company. That's okay. Partners in Sound is the most unique one because that was the brand that started. <clears throat> and that's the brand that's actually been neglected the most over the years because it's like the brand that just, it's the locomotive. It just keeps going, right? Um, Partners in Sound was predominantly just anything but weddings is the best way to describe it. Pro Show is your corporate AV wing. So you're not gonna use Pro Show for, and you may hire Pro Show to do an over the top production and Pro Show then would say, would you like us to add a DJ and MC from our wedding division, the Ashley's Platinum? Or how about one even better? Why don't you go meet with one of our partners from that division and we can accommodate with just adding their invoice to our invoice or vice versa or Keep it as two separate invoices. Now, going back to the beginning. So you have Dasha Class Platinum, Partners in Sound, who may both could do a wedding. Did you always advertise them that they were the same ownership? Or did, was there a point where you kind of advertised them as two different companies? And if you might have gotten a, a, a bride who called this one and then called this one and you 
Okay, so if you called Partners in Sound, we immediately took the appointment, and when you came in, we explained that we decided to to start a completely exclusive wedding division. One of the things that made this company different is that we made our own partners, like like in a law firm. One of the things that makes us different than any other entertainment company in the Tri-City area is we would provide we would provide two partners at every wedding, where most other companies would provide one or one DJ. And we also explained to everybody that Partners in Sound was, you'd have to kind of prove yourself in Partners in Sound. Like Partners in Sound was the Marines, but the Asher Class Platinum was the SEALs. You know, try to give you a little bit, you know, you had to go through training. And not that Partners in Sound wasn't as important, but the level of event that, that Partners in Sound is doing, a communion, a Sweet 16, a Borobat Mitzvah, um, a school function, it could be the opportunity to fudge a little something when no one would notice, but at a wedding, it's not, the opportunity is not there. We just have to always be on for all of our events. But, and typically Partners in Sound is what attracts young people. So Partners in Sound has become the training ground now for performers for Dasha Class Platinum and for technicians for Pro Shop. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we touched on in the pilot episode, which was the Carl Beanie Fund. Uh, we just passed this weekend. We've had one of the most incredible events on Staten Island's history uh, this past weekend. But uh, Mike and Ramp were able to share their personal experiences on the pilot and uh, working with the foundation and sharing the mission. But, you know, hearing it from the horse's mouth is is special. So the horse's mouth out. <laughs> he just said you have a face for radio. Yeah, I've been waiting for it. Can't use my lineup. <laughs> so, a little background: uh, the Call V Beanie Memorial Fund was founded in 2003 uh, by the family of Call Beanie. Uh, Call was my father-in-law. He was a firefighter killed on September 11th. The family in 2003 decided to start a non-for-profit. At that time, it was about the same time Desiree and I started dating. Um, it was ran with a golf outing once a year. A few dollars was raised. The money raised was given out locally. In 2006, excuse me, in 2005 or six, actually I don't remember the year, Desiree and I were about to get married. The family member that, want, that was running the organization said, hey, we're five years post 9-11. I really don't want to do this anymore. The girl I was dating, who was now my fiance, who was now going to become my wife, I said, sure, we do events. I'll take over the foundation. I'll run the golf outing. Soon you found immediately who your friends were and who they were. The people that always reached out to us for donations and my partners and I were the first to write checks for were some of the first people I asked to contribute and did zero. Yes, zero. Pretty sad. Um, I actually, and Anthony knows and for a long time and Mike knows, I went through everybody we donated to, other businesses that asked us for donation and I faxed them, dating myself, a flyer. I called them, their, their assistants, to make sure they received the flyer and mailed them one, registered mail. After the event, most of the people that we supported that didn't support me, I waited and I made a list. And when they started to call me back for our, for supporting their events, I said, sure, no problem. And in typical 22-year-old Moss fashion, I took their flyer and I wrote F-U on it, and I faxed it back to them. <laughs> People started calling me going, oh, you really lost your mind, Gary. You're having fun with this. I said, no, I'm not having fun. You disrespected me. My father-in-law was a fireman killed on September 11th. I asked you for $100 for a whole sign, and it went on deaf ears. 
I never got the flyer. Bullshit. You got the, I faxed you the flyer personally on, on April 5th at seven o'clock at night. I called your assistant the next day to make sure you received the fax and I sent a registered mail and I followed up to make sure you got it. What do you want to do? Checkmate. And at that point, I went to my partners and I said, instead of supporting all of these other organizations, let's support the ones that supported us. And we'll just take, in, if we're going to allocate $5,000, $10,000 a year to charity, let's just run it to the Beanie Fund and we'll just become the event sponsor. And that's how the event grew. Fast forward, um, there was this thing called Facebook that started, and just remember that, and then the SIEDC, and uh, a childhood friend that we lost touch over the years, this guy called Anthony Rapatrullo. I wind up hooking back up with him at SIEDC 40 under 40, and um, this hurricane hit Stop Allen, Hurricane Sandy. So it's funny because on Hurricane Sandy, the night of Hurricane Sandy, there was only one maniac out the entire storm, and I was me and my friend Frank Provenzano, we were fueling trucks on the overnight. And every time we went to a gas station, we were wiping them out of gas cans and filling them up with gas because I said, there's going to be a gas shortage. He told me, you're crazy. He goes, I said, follow my lead, bro. What's the worst that's going to happen? Tomorrow, when we, our trucks go out, we'll just fill them up with the gas cans. Smartest thing we could have done. The storm ended. We drove around Staten Island. It was like, wow, this really was a hurricane. Like, this wasn't no BS, like, we're getting a hurricane, and it was sunny out. Like Hurricane Irene. But the year before, right? But she was a tease. So sure enough, Staten Island is a disaster. I, I don't know how Anthony and I hooked up. I had men, and I had what no one else had, fuel. So Anthony and I communicate. I think I call him to say, Ant, this island's a disaster. No one's doing anything. I, we we got to do something. And Anthony came to my office, and through this thing called... Facebook, which I didn't even have a Facebook account, let the record hold. He sat there and we people just, he started doing his thing and marketing PR and advertising and saying, who needs help? And if you have supplies, drop them off to partners in town. The next day, it was just mountains of stuff in front of the office. And it started becoming a conveyor belt of cars just coming in and my member receiving gifts and he was receiving donations. And he was turning around going, okay, someone needs help at ABC Street. We take the stuff, what do you need? Throw it into a partners and sound van, go. I mean, this is how Hurricane Sandy and the Beanie, the Beanie Fund responded. All grassroots, millions of dollars raised. But to see the, the value of what TV and radio does was when we went on the, what was it, the Colson Show? The Daily Show? Daily Show. The Daily Show. I kept calling Rod Stewart. <laughs> we go on the show, and Anthony knew that our website was very, it was, you know, Mickey Mouse, as I'd like to call it. Anthony stood up all night, and we made our website. And we did a 45-second podcast interview, and the, the website did $500,000 in like one hour. Right. An hour and a half, two hours. And it didn't crash, which was even more amazing. Right, right. That propelled us into raising millions of dollars. We became for profit in the country. And the Huffington Post was one of the coolest articles that we were, the, I think, one of the most positive things to come out of. Which was really, really amazing. Um, from there, it just kind of grew. And it just kept going. At that point, Frank Provenzano became very involved. The board was just my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and myself. Now we started inviting people onto the board. 
And that's when the, I would say, the Beanie Fund was really taken to the next level. Because prior to that, we were a golf outing once a year. We raised $50,000. We gave out some money. And it was that was it. It was a one and done. Now we're doing events every week, every night of the week. Organizations want to, businesses want to hold events. They want to give us the proceeds. We're doing press releases. I mean, all of a sudden, I'm driving to the office, and you hear the 10-10 win. Ding, 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 ding. Call Beanie Fund. Save Staten Island. I'm like, what did that just say? <laughs> And then <laughs> it was the funniest thing. Another time I'm pulling up to the office, I see all the antennas. For the... Never done a press conference in my life. Speaking sound bites. I told you. Sound bites. Um, who are you guys looking for? I was looking for this guy, Massimo. I'm like, he do? He goes, oh no, we want to interview him about the way he saved Staten Island. I'm like, all right, if I see him, I'll let you know. We set up a press conference in my in my warehouse. I was so scared shit of doing a press conference that I pushed Pirelli in front of the podium and Pirelli did it. As of any other I mean, by trade I'm 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 a performer. I could speak on a microphone, but to sit in front of the camera and be like, duh. Like normally it's scripted, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time it's husband and wife. Like it just wasn't our thing. And speaking in sound bites. And it was funny because a lot of the news reporters that were there that day. About a year later, when we started doing the first anniversary of Sandy, they were like, you were terrible year ago. What did you go to like? How to talk on a microphone? So from there, it, it kind of uh, it kind of grew. You, yeah. hired, you hired PR Cision. Nope. Nope. He never. Never, he's never taken a dollar from me. It's our never. biggest fight. He will not hire, He will not let me be his client. I don't need the headaches. I offered him a million dollars a year to come work for us full time. He, he, he is pretty in on take a pickup. That's part of the relationship, though. But I think that's part of what's unique and special about Staten Island too is that it's it's a real relationship. It's not a national, or, you know. It's not yeah. Coca Cola or Walgreens trying to do something in a local space. You know, you guys live and breathe this island and love it, and it's. I think that. Uh, you know, for me, being somebody who grew up outside of here, I think I've seen a very special part of Staten Island. I think I've seen a different part of Staten Island that many people allow themselves to. Is that the dump? That's not the dump. That's okay. the... He sees the nice side. It's the good part. Yeah. It's a park it's, now. It is. It's becoming a park. Uh, but no, it's it's literally the, the humanity and the amount that Staten Island gives back to the community. And it's not just the guy speeding down Highland Boulevard and cutting you off and swearing at you while he's doing it. It's it's not the TV shows. It's it's you guys. It's you and what you give back into the community and how you treat Staten Island itself as, as being a big family. Well, you just looked. I've been on, you know, I have had the pleasure of being on the board of the, the Beanie Fund for two and a half years now. You know, after our 150 shows, my saying, you know, I would be honored to have you on. I don't know why, but... He wanted to have me there. He donated $100,000. So, very happy to be on, but he bought his way onto the board. When you watch Moss and you watch him at the... The check bounced. (laughs) It was a fake check. So, um, when you watch him, he's so passionate. And then the one thing, you know, I don't know if you you realize for what he said about, he never even met his father-in-law. When I found that out later and like, and talking, I'm like, you asked me. That was a lie. Do you remember the CNN guy? So tell me a little bit about your father. I'm like, excuse me? What do you want to know about him? Well, tell me a little. 
I don't know, 70 years old, Italian guy, sit right there. He goes, no, no, Carl, isn't Carl your father? And I was like, oh, Carl is my father-in-law. Tell me a little bit about him. I said, well, he was a fireman. Uh, he was a hero. She was like, no, give me some, like, real good dirt about your father-in-law. I'm like, never met the guy. His camera went like this. Huh? It was the funniest thing ever. But when I when I found that out, I was like, what do you mean? you? And, and I, pro I think I did go back to him. I said, is he joking? And like, but you have the passion, obviously, because you, you know he married the Desiree. You've built a bond. But when you're at the events and you talk about Call, it's amazing. Like to think you've never met him, but you have that passion and and, and the love for him. And you've never met him. So the passion comes from what happened on September 11th. September 11th comes. I'm sleeping. My father comes down and goes, "Oh, you got to get up. There's something bigger happened downtown in Manhattan." I get up and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I think we just got back from China Club. And I go, what the hell? I mean, who drives a plane into the World Trade Center? And I'm like, wait a second. They're both on flight. It wasn't, I was just getting up. And I watched it and me and him were arguing. I'm like, there's no way those towers are coming down. That is no way. The engineering, this thing, I tell you, it's not looking good. One tower comes down, said, I said, Dad, I probably lost like a thousand friends. Do you realize how many people I know? And like, you, that's 9-11. I wound up not knowing a single person. I knew of people. You're like, everybody knew somebody if you were. And all I wanted to do, and I fought my way to get downtown Manhattan. Every time I got on, on to Manhattan, I got turned away. Are you a cop? No. You're a fireman? I'm just a guy that wants to help. Kept going, kept going. Now the names start coming out. Um, oh, you hear... From the World Rescue Five for Carl Beanie. It wasn't Desiree's father. It was Stephanie's father to me, my sister-in-law, because Stephanie was going to Sweet Sixteens that we were DJing at that, at that exact time in that circuit. I got called upon to do a lot of memorials. Again, 9-11, as a New Yorker and as an American, I was, you know, you attacked my country. I, I was like, how could you do that to me? But I, I wasn't directly affected. I didn't go to one funeral. I didn't have one close friend. I had to pick up the phone and say, bro, I'm, I'm, I can't believe your mother's gone. I can't. And then I get smacked in the face when I meet Desiree. It was like, it hit me later on. And we were just talking about this. If 9-11 doesn't happen, Desiree and I may never meet because Desiree was asked by this gentleman named Frank to work in her cafe, Cafe Dominique, which was located next to Gio's, which is now the karate place. And Frank went to Carl's memorial and said to Desiree, if you need a job, let me know. I'm opening up this cafe. I know you were a waitress. And Desiree wound up starting to work there, uh, I guess, January of 03. Desiree and I, I used to hang out there because it was all girls there, so where else would I go? And... You know, after asking every other waitress, she finally gave me the normal joke. <laughs> the only one that said yes. The only one that said yes. And actually, my whole family came in from Italy that January, and I introduced Desiree to my whole family. She was a waitress working there. And I said, hey, guys. I said, Des, come in. And they came over my family. Was told, Who's this? Who's this? So let me introduce you to my future ex-wife, Desiree. Me and her weren't even dating. That's how I introduced her. She was just a waitress there. But mission from 9-11 comes that it hit me later on. And... I remember that morning I said I would never forget whatever happened and it just hit me, Lito. That's where it comes from. Well, 
we all appreciate it and uh, really thank you for what you do in our community and, and being... Couldn't do it without all the people that support us. I'm just the guy that signs the check and collects the money and argues with mostly them two every morning when people aren't doing what they said they're going to do. But it couldn't be done without the, the fuel comes from the donors. So it's appreciated. So uh, we're going to start wrapping this up, guys. Any closing comments? I get to go first. You get well, to go oh, first. Wow. It, was a pl- it was a pleasure to have you here. Dad, I think you're doing a great job with the show. Yeah, well, thank you for coming. Uh, glad to have you as our first official guest. And if you were going to leave here with one tip for a business owner listening to this about branding or marketing in their business, what would that be? One tip? I'm actually going to give a testimonial. Um, I know I bust a lot of chops, but Anthony and Mike really started off as just acquaintances and became business acquaintances and have become family. Anthony asked me to be in his bridal party. Mike, I met during COVID. Um, these two guys, what they've done for me personally and professionally, I, I can never be, I can never repay. Let the record hold in or asked me for a dollar. Okay. Yeah. And my business is very, very, very unique for some type of commission. It's very common in our finder's fee. He has never asked me for a dollar. Um, it's never been about that. It's always been about Moss. Just take care of my client and do the right job. And if you can, instead of giving me money or doing something for me, just give them the best price and give them the best job. Mike, we signed an agreement, uh, an IT agreement, I think, a month before COVID, he did not send me a bill until after COVID, serviced us as if we were paying him in full. Um, everyone knows that we had nothing going on. I mean, I was on TV with Mike two days a week. But I like how he calls it. Well, TV. It was TV. He was on the big show. I, big I, show. I took out the clicker. People streamed it. To People streamed it. We were, we were a big deal. We were a big we deal. It. But to circle back uh, Dan that's what Stan Allen's all about when people are down and out you do the right thing for them and it, it just comes full circle and instead I'd rather just give a testimonial that if you want to give back to Stan Allen support your local business because that's where it comes full circle because when these guys see that hey that client or that person that uses me may be down and out they're going to come back to you the, the big guy in corporate America may not look at the little guy so that, and that's what Stan Island's about. It's about little people that make a great difference in our community. And that's a tip. And because I was having a conversation with another good friend of mine just on the way here. You don't have that many friends. I, I have like three. So on the way here. And, no. and, then, and you have to recall the incidents too. <laughs> and, you know, that talking about like not-for-profits going and looking for donations, that that not-for-profit might be using a, uh, uh, an online print company rather than a local Stan Island company. You think about online print company? Print. You can't call that national print company and be like, can you cover us back a donation to this Staten Island not for profit? Because most likely they're going to say no. But when you go local and you go to a vignette, TMG promos, trademark graphic specialties, and you ask him for a donation, he's going to give you that donation. So remember that stay local, be seen, be relevant. That's That's it. That's it. From a business perspective, I'm also now I'm going to give a tip for a non-for-profit. Instead of always asking for a donation, ask your business, "Hey, we're doing an event. We're a non-for-profit. What's just give us the best possible price without compromising product and service?" You're always going to get that. I get probably ten phone calls a day to donate a DJ. If I donate a DJ to everybody that called, the partners in sound, I'd be out of business. I'm in business to make money. But if those 10 people called and said, hey, 
We know you guys are one of the best. Our event wouldn't be successful without you. What do you normally charge? We definitely want you. What's the best you can do? It's always going to be a, a few dollars over cost. Just get my cost covered, and if I can donate it to you, I'll give it to you. He just gave the secret out. Everybody heard that, right? That's the secret. So just call and say you we'll don't work listen. for a not-for-profit and pay $10 over cost. We'll donate equipment if it's available, but just my men have to pay their bills. They can't afford to go to work for free. That's my tip. Well, my thank tip. you again, Massimo Tadana from uh, Merge Partners of Town. Pro show, dash class play. No, I don't think I missed any. Pick up right. Photo buff, photo booths. I can't read the one in front. Secret partner and decky geek. Anyhow, thank you, guys. Uh, that's M squared, and that's a wrap for today.